hidden behind closed doors. This is Beer Beer Movies. I'm Jason. And I'm Michael. Michael, what are we discussing today? Jason, we're discussing 1976's Master of the Flying Guillotine. I think we're going to go with guillotine because I know you can also say guillotine. But I think they're saying guillotine. Jason, what are we drinking? We are drinking Integran Brewing Company's Valkyrie German Style Amber. Delicious. Cheers. Isn't that good? This was generously provided by the brewery. Excellent. Contacted them and they were into it. In fact, Marie, who I chatted with, the name on our email account is Snake Pliskin. She actually really got a kick out of the fact that she was getting an email from Snake Pliskin. Who wouldn't? <laughs> oh, I'd be all over that, you know. So no, I went up there. Um, it's a great brewery. I love their stuff. They do German styles. I contacted them. They were way into it. Went up, met them. Great time. Super cool brewery up in Moore Park, California. Making great stuff. It's a great, it's a fantastic visit. We had fun and chatted with uh, Marie and she said, what are you going to pair it with? <laughs> and I kind of got looking at the list and I said, oh, I'm going to do this. <laughs> Master <laughs> the Flying Guillotine. No, it's nice on their can. Well, they actually have a recommendation of what you should pair it with, which is grilled red meats, barbecue, and bratwurst, which sounds fantastic right now. I would eat all of that. I love breweries that do this. I think more breweries should have pairings on the side of there. I mean, we pair beers with movies, but pairing beer with food is, is awesome. And I, I, I would love it if more breweries did that. Because I think it's a nice little, just a fun thing to have. Yeah. Um, this is great, though. Isn't this? Oh, I mean, this, this is, is malty, a little caramely, sweet, light. Got a great color. It's just like that coppery. I love Integrin. I have yet to have anything that's even a B-. minus. Everything I've had from them is just remarkable. And once again, I love it that it's a brewery, it's doing something different, not just your IPA. And I, I love it. We've been there twice now, because it is for us, it's a little bit of a drive. Both times, there were zero IPAs on tap, which I love a good IPA. Yeah. No, they're great. And it's across the country, but you know, here in Southern California, you go into a brewery, if they have 20 beers on tap, I'm going to say over 10 of those will be IPAs. And that's fine. But I go into this place, and there's just all these like hellas, you know, they have a, do a black lager. They have this. I'm they, sure they have a Hefeweizen. Oh, their Hefeweizen is gear. It's so good. So thank you so much, Integrin. Um, thank you. For, for supporting us. Get their stuff. You, you can find their stuff in certain shops. Not huge, but in the Southern California area, you can find it. And make a trek. It's always, you know, get a designated driver. Get outside. And, and yeah, and go go have a couple, hoist a couple, man. Because yeah, you won't be. You won't be disappointed. If you're a beer fan and you go here and you're dissatisfied, that's your problem. And like they say, the recommended glassware is a stein. And we're drinking out of kind of small steins. They are. I don't think these are, I don't even think these are pints, but they're small little glass steins. They work My for me. My grandmother gave them to me. So, okay. so you chose this movie, Michael. I'm- Boom. Absolutely, <laughs> man. And I'm I am very happy that I did. I mean, we've said this many times. We we both have a huge backlog of like movies we've seen that we could do. Sometimes I just I look for something we haven't seen. And we were coming out of October. So in October is heavy horror. And I thought, you know, we've done two, you know, martial arts movies. Yep. I Black Samurai. Black and Samurai. Devil's Express. Exactly. <laughs> and, and I thought, let's find one. I, I literally, I think it did some Google of, you know, 70s kung, uh, kung fu movies. And, you know, go to IMDb, of course. And I'm scrolling through the title, Master of the Flying Guillotine. I went, okay, I'm in. Let's check it out. 
I like kung fu movies. I love the Bruce Lees, you know, Sonny Chiba, get into the Enter the Ninja in the 80s, those ninja movies. I like them. I enjoy them. But I wasn't somebody who does the deep dive. I was not aware of this movie. I had never even heard of it. I had not either. Quentin Tarantino is a huge fan. So it, it has a following. And so then, I, of course, after seeing it, I, I looked it up and, and then I said, well, can we find it? We found it on YouTube. It's interesting because they're dubbed. The voices are dubbed with English voices, but it cuts to subtitles. The, the, but we both watch the same version. There's no pattern. Just out of nowhere, it'll just all of a sudden go to subtitles. So it was at first, the first time I watched it, I went and checked to make sure. I thought, maybe I'm watching some bastardized version. But it is. I think it's the legit version. I had the same reaction I think I talked to you about where I was watching and then I turned away to do something. I came back and sometimes I was like, oh, did I did I switch something on my TV? No. Just out of the blue, it just switches. Yeah. So especially if you're if you're like watching it several times, there's like a viewing where I just have it on as I'm yeah. as I might be doing something else. So all of a sudden when they go into speaking a language, I have no idea what they're saying. And I go, Oh no, this is that moment where it's subtitled. So those those are the reasons I really enjoy this movie. It's a lot of fun, and this has some stuff going on. I'd never heard this movie when I started watching them the first time. At the end, I'm like, "What did I just sit through? This? Oh no! Is is out of control? It's weird. It is. That's it exactly. Is, it. It's just, it's weird. It's it's chaotic. You just all of a sudden in the middle of it, they just went. Well, we need to fill. It's an hour and a half movie, and they go, oh, we've got like an hour-long movie. We better have a 22-minute tournament. <laughs> Basically, we get this history lesson about the Ming Dynasty moving to the Qing Dynasty, and there are still holdovers. It's the 1730, yeah. I think, 1730. 1730, yeah. And so the, the Qing Dynasty has these people go out, and they're, they're hunting down Ming Dynasty supporters. And killing them. That's you're just getting the the carte blanche. You yeah. you can license to kill. Go kill people. So this dude, the master of the flying guillotine. We do have some language translation issues. So we're gonna use like we're gonna call him the master. Yes, they're, they're, and he's blind. Jason, it's great because he's the master of the flying guillotine. He's blind. He masquerades. He goes in disguise as a Buddhist monk. And he's up in the mountains in this little house. And, and I'm thinking, okay, if you're supposed to be hunting down these Ming Dynasty supporters, you're doing a bad job of it because you're in a remote mountain house just hanging out. First of all, I think anybody who can do anything with this, because the, the fine guillotine, it's a hat. It's got blades on the outside and it's got blades on the inside and it's attached to a chain. And you throw it at somebody and it goes on their head and you yank the chain and it cuts their head off like a guillotine. I think if anybody can do that once, you're a master. You were the show Mythbusters? Mythbusters? Yes. In 2011, they did an item on the flying guillotine. Because people written in saying, like, was this real? Can you do this? And I think eventually they got one of the items to work. But they pointed out that all their research says that there's always been rumors that this did exist. But the only place that they could really find any information was from actual movies. It's a weird, it's a goofy looking hat. It looks like a big red salad bowl. I can't imagine how it works still. And, they throw it and, then, it seems so and sometimes there's this sort of like, like a mosquito down. net. Yeah. 
It's like a mosquito net that pops on. It's 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 crazy. So this dude, he's hanging out, and this pigeon flies in, and it's got a note. <laughs> it's hilarious because he has two disciples that say, "Master, you know, if you read this, we're dead." And here's how we're going to die. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. Because that's foresight. In a I know. Note. It is. And that's I, I went, why didn't you take a left when you, if you knew the right was going to kill you? <laughs> why didn't you take a left? They're like, this one-armed boxer is going to kill us. And this sends the master off. It's, so the master, <laughs> we both talked about this many times. It's awesome. This dude, it's like when he's all in, he's all in. And we get the master theme. It's new. N-E-U. It's, it's a, exclamation it's a, point. A, exclamation point. They're a kraut rock band from the the 70s again wasn't intentional but integrin is a very german they do german style beers so this german band gets tied in their hit super which was a hit on their first album which actually didn't sell that very well so it made their second album they kind of ran out of money for one you know this is album so then a side and b side so they said for side b we're just going to remix our hit super and do a bunch of couple things to it, slow it down, speed it up. So they had Super 16, Super 78, but that Super 16 became the soundtrack to the master. And it is awesome. That music makes me love this movie. <laughs> oh, I, I thought you liked it otherwise. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the points of it. But that beginning scene, you're right. He's all in. He walks in. He gets the flying guillotine. You're, you're going, oh, we get it early. I kind of like that. Yeah. They don't wait. He comes out. He practices on some, like, stone heads. He's throwing <laughs> it around. There's all these great sounds. And then he, he, he his chicken, poor chicken, just clucks. And he goes, boom. And he cuts, which I don't get because it's, like, it's made for a human head. Still, He still cuts the chicken's yeah. head off. And then what does he do? He blows up his house. And I don't really like it. He just like walks away as his house is like in flames. I'm like, that guy is badass. He's like, you know what? I'm going to go and seek revenge for my acolytes. I'm, it's going to be scorched earth, earth policy because I'm going to destroy my house. So there's nothing to go back to. And specifically, if you're a one-armed person in China at this time, oh, man. you are in so much you trouble. You are Way you are, this dude is just if he hears one armed, he's throwing this thing all over. I likened it to the guy who opens a bottle of whiskey yeah. and throws the cap away. Yeah. This whiskey's getting consumed tonight. Yeah. That dude blew up his house and walked away. And that note did say like PS, please avenge us. <laughs> I kept thinking of Harry Dean Stanton and Red Dawn. Avenge me! Avenge me. You know, it's like but at the same time, again, Jason, they're in this kind of war, and it's like, do you need to be avenged? I mean, this is what happens. If your job is go out and kill a bunch of those people, those people might try to defend themselves. So, I mean, I kind of feel, it's like you're never going to be happy that your buddy died. But at the same time, if you're in this war, you go, that's kind of what happens, man. And therefore, this plot's very simple. It is the master, he is out for the one-armed man. He's going to try to kill him. So you know this is going to be a lot of badly and a lot of fun. And that's it. That is the plot. <laughs> One last thing. Before he blows the house out, I do love this. There was a couple instances of this. He's in his house and he's like yells. He's a little angry. And he yells. And then he jumps through the room. <laughs> Isn't it strange that the two top warriors in this time period, in this movie, is a blind guy and a guy with one arm? I don't want to tell you your limits. Yeah. You know, you shouldn't be defined by that. But at the same time, I go, that's a country that's going to get invaded. I'm sorry, but if you're in a fight and I'm a gambling man, I'm not betting on the blind guy. I'm sorry. And I think we need to mention that both of us read stuff about 
Jimmy. Jimmy Wang Yu. Jason, he's an auteur because yeah. he wrote, he directed, and he stars. He is the one-armed boxer. Uh, spoiler alert, he actually has two arms. That, that, the first thing I had to make sure was like, did this guy really have one arm? And then I realized watching him, he was like, no, 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 no. that guy so, really has two arms. Because it's like either he has one arm or he's got this He's got this great punch. I, mean, I remember doing that. Pulling my arm into my shirt sleeve, but it's like really across my middle. Otherwise, he's got this really wonderful paunch, right? <laughs> right in his right in his tummy area, because it's like you see the arm throughout. It's so awesome. And I think we both read the fact the reason he he was bad at the martial arts. So if you have one arm, you could be like, well, we're gonna give him a little a little slide because yeah, he it, only has one arm. He doesn't do anything that you makes you go, oh. You watch Jackie Chan. You watch these guys who are amazing. Like I still watch a Jackie Chan movie, and I and I go, "What in the hell did he just do?" I mean, coming up with the stunts or just doing, showing his craft. Jimmy Wang Yu. There is one moment in this movie where his character does something kind of cool, and they cut to a long shot, and it's clearly somebody else <laughs> doing these flips. Otherwise, this dude he just sort of punches. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but I don't want to pick on Jimmy Wang Yu because no, no. he wrote, directed, and starred in this movie. Yeah, and if he, you read about his he bio, liked. he was pretty much a bad boy. Up, you know, even nowadays, I mean, did, I think he's still alive. I think he is too. But he was pretty much a bad boy his whole career. I mean, I think he liked he liked to indulge himself. Yes. You know? <laughs> and, and I love this again, B movie area. Yeah. Because it's Master of the Flying Guillotine. And then for whatever reason, it's been called other titles. It goes, One-Armed Boxer versus Flying Guillotine. Wasn't that always like the Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoons? They always had, you know, one title or... (laughs) Always had like a second title. If you weren't comfortable with the first title, we're going to give you something second that maybe will sit with you better. Yeah, so it's got two titles. Like, I don't know if One-Armed Boxer versus Flying Guillotine would have drawn me in as much as Master of the Flying Guillotine. And as you pointed out, guillotine is a French word. So I'm pretty sure that was not the word they were using in this. When they translate it, like, guillotine will make sense to, you know, we've sent it overseas. There, there's a character in here called Wins Without a Knife. Yeah. I don't think that was actually, you know, it's a <laughs> direct translation. I don't know what, what the translation was, but they went with flying guillotine. So, yeah, then, then we go to the Kung Fu school. The practicing dojo, the one-armed man has a bunch of students that are practiced with him. Now, remember, he is clearly a Ming rebel, and so the Qing dynasty is going after They're sending the master after them. And he said that he is going to teach them something new today. It's a really strange scene, Michael. He goes, I'm going to teach you something new today. The technique. <laughs> jumping. Jumping. And I'm like, awesome. I'm like, what? Yeah. And so they bring out a basket, and he shows how he can jump up and tippy-toe. I mean, it's a big basket. Yeah, they put rocks in it, yeah. and the guy gets up on it, and, and he does it. around it. Your breath can control your weight. And I, and I had to look this up. You fill yourself saying, with helium, I yeah. guess. because Basically, if you hold your breath, you're adding one gram to your body weight. But in this movie, you excel all your breath. Not only can you walk around the rim of the basket, dude, you can rock on the ceiling. <laughs> well, I love it too because because they put rocks in the basket and this one guy jumps up and he walks around it and he goes, uh-huh, yeah. now I'll take the rocks out and the guy can't do it. And that's somehow a failure because then one arm guy does it. And, and I go, if you put a bunch of rocks in a basket and you can still jump, jump onto the edge and walk around it, I think that's pretty awesome, dude. Yeah. And then one student runs and is like, hey, Eagle Claw. <laughs> Jason, we do have to, real quick, when he says the technique, the fly, he goes, the flying technique, 
when he does that and he does he walks up the wall yeah. and along the ceiling everybody's just kind of watching at the end of it he goes that's all that I'll show you today <laughs> if I was a student I'd go you just walked up that wall yeah. and across the ceiling yeah. that's all you really need to show me the exactly. rest of your life what's next <laughs> are you gonna land are you gonna arrive at school on a dragon tomorrow because I don't know how you beat that how did he ex- <laughs> like his basically point was that if you would get all the air out of you, you basically could float and divide. Well, and what Jimmy Jimmy Wang Yu's face as he's walking up the wall is pretty awesome. No, the student a, comes up and is like, Eagle Claw is holding a tournament. Teacher, you should enter. Everyone knows the one-armed boxer. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We do this for spiritual reasons, dude. Yeah. We don't train to be warriors to fight. We train to be spiritual. And he's like, yes, but we might learn something. And he's like... You're right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like easily swayed. <laughs> it's sort of, it's like a little kid thing when they're like, "Hey, they're gonna be doing this, Dad," and the little kid and the dad's like, well, "That's not good for you." Yeah, but we could meet new kids and like you know maybe like work on our social yeah. skills. And you go, "Ah, you got me. You got me. Yeah. Okay. So we'll then- join the tournament, but you know what? Let's not attract attention. Like first of all. He's one-armed and everybody knows him. So when you show up and they're like, well, there's a one-armed guy. Like, he's automatically going to attract attention. Don't even bother trying to look like a fake arm. But I do, uh, my understanding after watching this movie is that at this time, there's a lot of one-armed people walking around. And and woe be to you. (laughs) Woe be to you because there's a blind guy who really doesn't act blind. And he's got a, he's got a hat that'll cut your head off. You know? and he, he does have even that opening scene going back a little bit. When he's walking down that mountainside, he clearly has daredevil superhero blindness. It, well, I think Jason, you said it. As he approaches a staircase, yeah. he reaches out for the banister, like just reaches like I, you or I would. And they're like, one take, that's it. Yes, he he knows when he approaches the table to pull the chair out, and he finds it easily. There's no there's no fumbling. He doesn't carry a cane. He's he, the master. Basically, he just goes around grumbling at everybody, yelling at everybody, and cutting heads off. Yeah. He doesn't care if and he's he apologi- disruptive. He doesn't apologize to a single person. And he causes a lot of mayhem. <laughs> it, that should be his name. So, no, then we go to the Sang school. Sang is the guy who's hosting the tournament. Yeah, the Eagle tournament. Yes. The Eagle Eagle Claw. Yeah, Eagle Claw tournament. Yes. We do have to say at this point, watching the dub version and the translation, there's a lot of issues. I mean, we're taking a guess at a lot of yeah, I mean, we're calling him the one-armed boxer and the master for a reason. I think it would be insulting to just, like, butcher the names with my bad Western yeah. pronunciation. And we also have to brevity because some of the, some of the names are quite long. I'm not going to say wins without a knife yeah. over and over and over. You know? And, and the master's the- name is quite long. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're simplifying this because of our limitations. Yeah. And at the same time, like, this is a such a crazy movie that's worth watching. And I don't want to get sunk down and trying to get everybody's names because sometimes between the subtitles and the dubbed it's not the same name they're using no they're different names i would pronounce it incorrectly (laughs) we're trying to be respectful yeah exactly you know and i think it would be less respectful if i was just drinking at this (laughs) yes we're drinking a damn good beer i gotta say (laughs) so anyways you're we're at the saying Eagle Claw tournament. School. Yeah, and this is this is where we get our first taste. There's a real dislike of foreigners at this school. Saying he's hosting this tournament, he's got his guys working. And a tie fighter—that's what I call him. We're the gonna tie, call him tie fighter. Tie fighter. And every time I kept thinking that, I, I'd think of Star Wars. Yes. 
<laughs> so so this Thai fighter, he shows up, and this guy is immediately is just sort of like a, an unpleasant character because he comes in and he saunters. He's very cocky. He's very sure of himself, and he saunters in and he does like. <clears throat> He like hawks a loogie on the floor of the school. Everywhere this guy goes, he's just constantly like making yeah. a face and hawking loogies. And he and the he old says, "Farmer sneeze." Yeah, the <laughs> we, yeah the farmer blow. That's yeah. what we call him. He's he's always like spitting on the floor, like snorting. And he he wants to be in the tournament. And Sang goes, "Dude, uh, yeah, we don't have limits on age or region, but yeah, we don't accept foreigners." And he goes, "Oh, that's crap." And he says, you like sign a life contract. Not sure what a life contract is. I'm thinking it's like a blood sport thing where it's like, you're going to die. Yeah. But Sang says, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with it. And the TIE fighter goes, yeah, well, I, I don't care. I want to, you know, I'll show you what I can do. Yeah. I do have to say, Sang and his thing about we don't have foreigners. We find out that there's lots of foreigners. Yeah. The whole discussion about contracts, is that really what they're saying? Because it seems really odd because they spend some time like, listen, like, we can't be held responsible or liable in cases that you get hurt or die because you're a foreigner. And I, Boy, it, they have stricter rules than you have in t- 2021. Yeah. <laughs> so the Thai guy, he shows his ability than yeah. Sang's daughter. Yeah, what are we going to refer to her? Wu Shao. Is that what we're going to do? Yes, well, okay. yeah. Sang's daughter, Wu Shao. That is hilarious because when she shows up, it's almost like Wonder Woman. And the camera work changes like, bah, yeah. let me try it, Dad. She fights the Thai guy, and, and then her dad steps in, saves her. And he's being very protective, yeah, but it, you know, it, at the same time, you watch her, and, and you go, well, I don't think she needs as much protecting as you. Yeah. <laughs> she, she seems a little more adept than her dad. That scene's in, and he basically says, okay, you've shown your skill, Thai fighter. You could be in... The Kumite. Well, I'm sorry, the Eagle Claw tournament. <laughs> well, we can call it the Kumite. The Kumite. So, yeah, but then we go to the hotel where, like, all the fighters are going to be because, yeah. like, the, the, the Yukuma yeah. wins without a knife. He's a Japanese yeah. fighter. We'll call him Yukuma. Again, the voiceover is used just to kind of fill us in because they're like, they're not going to take the time to have scenes explaining this. They're just voiceover and say, you know, the government's worried that the Ming rebels are going to infiltrate this tournament so they have the master which is all sorts of trouble this is like terrence stamp and the limey showing up you know this guy's he's just gonna roll into town and start making trouble he's enlisted the help of some of the foreign fighters which i found curious because there's very much a dislike of the foreigner but they're using the foreigners. so are they trying to tell me that you know the foreigners are we can pay the foreigners to be shady and find these ming dynasty folk so the yakuma comes into this place, there's like everybody's getting food and drink, yeah. and we also see this unfortunate one-armed fighter. Oh my god! He shows up. This poor guy. He's because there is there's a one-armed fighter. There's also the one-armed bum. Like you said, there's a lot of one-armed people. Yeah. Is, is there like a one-armed convention in this town? Because like every one-armed person in China is it's in this at, town. In this, in this town for this tournament, which is not a good thing if you're a one-armed person. And clearly, he's just a bum, and he's eating food. And all of a sudden, when he's done eating, he's like he does old pat down. Oh, man. Well, I forgot my money. <laughs> you forgot when he killed seven. Oh, yes. The guy's sitting there, and, he, and he's disheveled. His hair is yeah. akimbo, a, a, a and he's he's just sort of like slovenly and drunk and annoying. He looks, and he smacks the table, and then he counts. He killed seven flies with one blow. And know what? Another tie back to our German beer, because that reference is from the brave, the valiant little tailor, or the gallant tailor, whatever you want to call it. It's a German, you know, fairy tale from the Brothers Grimm about killing seven with one blow, where everybody mistakes what you say for something greater than it is. <laughs> 
Mickey Mouse did a cartoon like that too. No. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you, Integrated. This, we're good. We're good we got, to everything. We've got, we, this, there's so many ties. There are so many connections with this movie and this beer. It's amazing. So, Michael, he kills 07, but who's at that restaurant right now eating a, a vegetarian? Like, also interesting, very clear, a vegetarian bowl of soup. Yeah, vegetarian noodles. Yeah. The master, he shows up. We also see the Indian fellow. We know he's Indian because they always play sitar music when he's on screen. <laughs> and, and, you know, and it's a caricature. They put a turban on him. I mean, they, they do. Yeah. It's, it is. It's a deal. It's, yeah. a, it's a whole thing. Yeah. Basically, this guy, his arms grow to like six feet. He's like plastic Each, each arm. It's awesome. It's so cool. <laughs> so the master's sitting there and, and, and the drunk bum, he, you know, he gets up and he's, he is, he's trying to dine and dash. Yeah. And, and the, the proprietor grabs him and he goes, hey, man. What are you doing? He goes, do you know who I am? Yeah. You know who I am. I'm the one-armed boxer. Yeah. I killed seven, seven with, with one, one blow. blow. So up on the second level in like the mezzanine, the master hears this. And the music starts. It totally starts. And he just, he goes, what? And he gets up. And from the second level, he goes, boom. He beheads the bum. And everybody's just horrified. This guy doesn't say anything. He just gets up and beheads the guy with his flying guillotine. And he goes down and he, and and the first thing he says, he goes over to the owner of the restaurant and he says, um, was that the one-armed guy? Yeah, like, he, after the fact. Because he can't see. Yeah. So the guy goes, dude, that was just a bum. You just killed you just, a bum. Just, in, in, my, in my, my, my establishment, you know, you cut a guy's head off. And basically his, his response is, I don't care. I'm going to kill every one-armed person that I come across. That's his plan. And you're like, whoa. That's what I'm calling my buddy with one arm, saying, you got to get out of town. <laughs> exactly. You you have two arms, and you need to get the hell out of town. Yeah. Or don't even pretend. Yeah. Like, no one arm pretending, which all seems to go a lot. It seems like a common thing to do at this time period, too. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, we break away, and They're, so saying, the president of the tournament, the Eagle Claw tournament, he's very concerned that his daughter is going to face a hard fighter. And this little scene is so strange because it reminds me of an after-school special because she's like pouting. <laughs> you know, and she wants to fight. And he yeah. says, hey, man, if I hadn't stopped that tie fighter, could you, you know, could you have taken his, his blows? You know, could you have taken that? And she's saying, you don't, you don't have to look out for me. I, I can look out for myself. Finally, like any dad, he's like, okay, I guess I'm going to let you fight in a fight to your death. Yeah, and, and we find out. I personally think he put he put his thumb on the scale when she does fight. I think she, I think he totally put his thumb yeah. on the scale. That that was not a random choice. That she got she got jumpy. So then Jason, the tournament and it, at, this tw- at twenty nine minutes. I, I I marked it. I so was did like, I. when the drums they yeah. start. That's when I started. It was twenty nine minutes and thirty five seconds. The tournament starts. The tournament ends at. 51 minutes. It takes up a big portion of the movie. Yeah. And listen to the announcer and see <laughs> how the battles... Because the first, the first battle, it's just like a normal... Uh, a guy with, I guess it would be considered a quarterstaff. I'm not sure what the exact name of it. Versus a guy with nunchucks. And it escalates from there to like being where it's super crazy. But the announcer, when someone loses, he's like, take that loser away. <laughs> yeah, yes. And I'm like, I don't know... That's the translation. <laughs> and he sounds like W.C. Fields. He's like, ah, on my left, wins without a knife. And that's when we find out, wins without a knife. He comes out and he's got these two, they look like billy clubs, like police billy clubs. I don't know what they're called, but he's fighting a guy with a sword, and his name is Wins Without a Knife. And 
and he's he's fighting this guy, and he gets him. He's like, oh, and he gets him in a situation, and he does like a sneak look, and then he goes, hits a little button, and a knife comes out of his <laughs> out of out of his billy club, and he stabs the guy. And the one armed boxer is watching, and he goes, huh, yeah. So he does have a knife. Yeah. Smart. <laughs> it's great. It's so funny. It's like okay, mark, mark that. There are some interesting like moments. We're not going to get way into no. the tournament, but there are a couple of things like what two guys end up. Basically, I think you have to kill the other guy. Yeah, you can't just you can't content. yield. Yeah, you can't yield. You can't whatever. It's the Thunderdome. Yeah, there's you know there's there's a guy. One man and her. Two men and her. And I don't get it. I don't, what what are the rules? Because like some guys have weapons, some guys don't. Yeah, you know it's like and that. But this, it is important. Like a couple of things we have to hit upon is that the tie fighter he fights. And he's kind of getting beat, and he ends up throwing dirt in a guy's eye. Yeah. Kind of, dirty so fighter. It, yeah. So, it, I mean, at the same time, I, it's like, I think people would look at that as dirty fighting. I'd say, hey, if it's my life on the line, there is no dirty fighting. Cost. But then, uh, but then the great thing is when the Indian yogi, yeah. when he comes out, they introduce him, and and he comes out, and he's uh, he's got some swag, <laughs> and he's standing there, and then all of a sudden his arms like. They just show his hand, it lengthens, and you realize when he fights, like suddenly his arms like shoot out. Each arm is a good I'd say six feet. I mean, it is really bad special effects. It is awesome. <laughs> like clearly, you know, he's holding some sticks yeah. and he's fighting this guy and he chokes him out. And I'm thinking, why didn't you do that from the start? Yeah. <laughs> just stay far away, you know. The one on Barkser, he's there watching the tournament. And he's giving commentary that's the most straightforward commentary. The guy who gets his eyes poked out, the one-armed boxer says, he lost the sight. That's why his defense is broken. Well, and the great thing about that dude was he was a big dude fighting a small dude. But the great thing about him that I liked was basically his his big skill was being able to get kicked in the junk. <laughs> because the guy just, he just stood there and this guy just kicked him in the junk over and over. And he just was like, huh, 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 huh? I can take it. But as soon as the guy... Pokes, tore his eyes, his eyes out, out and kicked him in the junk. He went, oh, that's the worst thing ever. <laughs> well, even Wu Shao, so Sang's daughter fights. And it's the and when she fights, the person survives because she just emasculates him. She it, gets a pulling down. It's, comic, it's comically. I call him the bouncy squirrel guy because he, he was bouncing around. And then for some reason, like when he came, like if you ever see a squirrel and they're like rub their noses, like did you notice that when he came at her at the beginning, he like rubs. And he is. He's sort of clownish. And she does like she's she's eagle claw. So she's like scratching him and tearing his sleeves off, and yeah, in the end she like takes his shirt and then she pants him, and, and like, he and he runs away. It's, it's a, like a Benny Hill moment. It's a total. It's just <laughs> it's silly and it's this odd comic relief. There's not a ton of comic relief in this, and you go, this guy was not that great great of a fighter. You know, her dad went in and said, "This is who my daughter's fighting. I'm not gonna get her involved with like the junk kick guy." Or, or long the, arms. <laughs> he was moving the brackets around on March Madness. He totally was. Oh, he was. He totally was. And at this point, I had, I mean, I remember Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. And I thought a lot of this reminded me of those video games. And I went and looked. And someone had done deep dives into both those video games of where they got their fighting elements from. And it really, it wasn't from this movie. But I know a lot was from Big Trouble in Little China, which we're both big fans of yeah and so but this movie reminds me of those video games absolutely yeah so even though people are like di- no no it's not i'm like eh, 
I think it kind of is. You have people from different areas, you know, like, here's a Javanese. Yeah. Ah, Javanese against Yogi. He does sound like that. He's not, he's not, it's ridiculous, the, the voice they chose. But, Michael, who shows up to this tournament near the end? Well, he shows up, but the one-armed boxer has had enough because Sang invites him to fight. And the one-armed boxer goes, I'm not taking that bait. Going back to the school. So then this unfortunate one-armed fighter comes in and he's fighting. And of course the master shows up and just ruins everything. Just boom. He like the top of the presentation deck of the tournament. He just like appears there. The soundtrack kicks in and... It's the master theme and then he beheads this one-armed fighter who is not the one that he's looking for. And Sang shows up. Sang is just beside himself. He's going, dude, you know, you're just ruining this and you're killing people with, you know, without any respect to anything. And, and, the, and the master is just, he's kind of great because he's like, you old has-been. Yeah. He calls Sang an old has-been. And, and I'm looking at him going, you're easily 20 years older than that guy. Yeah. What, who are you? He's like, I don't care. He just does not care. He's like, I'm going to kill kill these one-armed guys, and I don't care. And Sang goes, oh, that ain't happening on my watch. And they get into a fight. The master gets Sang, and then he just starts blowing crap like Fireball, like fireball, fireball, fireball. <laughs> he blows up the big stand, the big like area where Sang was watching everything, and all these people were just starts blowing crap up. And it's clear, like, Yakuma is going to save Sang's daughter, and Longarm stops him, Yogi stops him. It's like, you know, because they're working for the master. And I'm like, that might be the point. I go, I need to revisit my contract with this guy. This guy's nuts. Yeah. He just shows up cutting heads off left and right. and Firebombing. Blowing like, crap up. Yeah, he, and he, he can't does, see him, so he just throwing firebombs yeah, willy-nilly. No, again, it's like <laughs> you got really good aim for a guy with no eyes. The special effects... So when he decapitates that one-armed <laughs> fighter, it's clearly they've just raised... I mean, I remember playing this as a kid where I'd raise my collar, my shirt up over my forehead. I don't know what you're that's, talking about. <laughs> that's where the guy is because I'm like, whoa. That's exactly how that's, the person looks. Uh, they could have they done that scene one more time. <laughs> so Michael, one-armed Barker has returned to his school. And, and he has to tell, he has to break it down. This master, he showed up and started beheading stuff and blowing stuff up. And he goes, hey, you know, this guy, I got to tell you, I'm the one-armed guy he's looking for. <laughs> and, and so we do a flashback. You mentioned Big Trouble in Little China. And there are two things. The Japanese fighter has a hat that is reminiscent of the three guys in Big Trouble in Little China. But in this flashback, he's fight. he talks about how I fought these two disciples. These guys tried to come and kill me. And I killed them. One of the guys blows himself up like the dude, the wind guy in Big Trouble in Little China. I haven't found any connection. You know, to me, there was a connection. After I killed these two dudes, I knew this guy. I knew this psycho, this psychopathic blind master of the and blind he says, guilty. He goes, they're going to show up. And he goes, probably gonna, they're going to kill many of you. <laughs> and once again, I don't know if it's just... The wording of the dummy, but I'm like, oh my gosh, you just tell the students like... At the same time, if, if you're part of the rebellion, dude, you don't have to tell me. I know that's part of the bargain. We're part of the Mings. They're the Chings. They're, and they, they've assigned a group of people to kill us. Like, that's their job. So, of course, who shows up but this the Thai guy who just comes in, again, snorting and spitting. Yeah, hawking loogies everywhere. Just acting like a carny. <laughs> got small hands and smells like cabbage <laughs> <laughs> and he tells him you know master is on his way dude 
So everybody bails. Of course, the master shows up. First showdown, we get the master theme. New exclamation point. Cool theme. Every time they do it, he's in slow motion. Yes. Which makes it even a little more badass. i got to be honest. Like, he's walking slow, and it's like this theme. You're going, man, if I could enter a place and look like that and have that song playing, I'd be all right. Yeah. And so this is a strange thing where then you jump in. Wins without a knife. He has carried Wushao Wush away, and he says, like, hey, I'm going to get you food. And it just so happens the one on Boxer shows up. He's like, Wushao, go hide in the cave. Editing, I get confused of what's actually going on, because then all of a sudden we're back at the school. Yeah. And he's disbanded his school because he told everybody, he's like, listen, if you hang around here, you're probably going to die. <laughs> but me. I'm not that good of a teacher. <laughs> you guys should run for the hills. And then... The yogi shows up. Yeah, long arms. And, and, he's, and he's like, it's better to kill a coward than to like come up with a way to insult him or something. He like, has this whole thing in there. And I love it because for no reason, he just his arm grows really yeah. big. And he grabs a lantern yeah. and throws it at this little shrine. I mean, that's rude. Yeah. It's like that's a religion. It's a, you know being disrespectful. And they have their little fight. So at one point, we haven't mentioned this, but yogi has an owl perched on his shoulder like a Pirate, and he literally takes Al and he throws <laughs> it at the little monster. I forgot about what he does. He, he throws an owl, and it's not a big owl. We're not talking about like a great horned owl. We're talking about it looks like a saw wet owl. It's like a small owl. But he does, he throws a bird at the guy, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like it, I didn't do any research on it, but it, no. I don't know if like throwing an owl at somebody yeah. in some cultures, like the height, you know what I mean? It's like the height of disrespect is just you threw an owl at me. It's like, we have these strange cuts again, and then they're at the secret cave. It's because of the editing that I'm not sure because the one on Boxer says like, everybody, let's come inside to the secret cave and we'll have a talk. And then it's immediately, they're outside the secret cave and it's him and Wusha watching this guy cut bamboo with a dull knife. Really poorly. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's not doing a good job. you got to quit sharpening your knife or find another tool. But, but this gives him an idea, right, Michael? Hey, man, I've, I've got an idea. <laughs> like, you know, chopping bamboo is not easy. It's like it's very tough. And she goes, what made you think of this? And I'm like, they're, sitting, they're staring at the guy. And he's like, well, that guy. You're sitting, <laughs> you're sitting on a rock in the middle of a stream. It's a little farther than me and you. But the guy's like 15 feet away just chopping at bamboo. And he just he had disbanded his, his school saying, you're probably going to kill. He's like, wait a second. I need to get my school back now because I have an yeah. idea. And so then we have this filler scene where it's him shopping in the city as he's putting his The blacksmith. This the... happened quick. Yeah. <laughs> the blacksmith was on it because he goes to the blacksmith says, and you're, and you're like, what is he getting from the blacksmith? I mean, what's going on there? And then he's going to the coffin maker. He's like, I want to rent your whole store out. <laughs> and the guy goes, what? You know, <laughs> money buys because he gives him a stack of coins and that's enough. They're out by the shack. They go through this tunnel and he yeah, says, secret cave. Yes, we've got to get the TIE fighter out here. They lure the TIE fighter out. It's an, it's an interesting little thing. They get him into the shack. Because they realize he never wears shoes. And so they get him in the shack. They build a fire underneath the floor. So it heats the floor up. And then all of his students are outside every, every exit point with spears. So he's fighting the TIE fighter. And as the, it's heating up, it's really kind of awful. Yeah. It's just terrible. And so they're fighting, and he ends up, you know, winning. Of course, you know the Tie Fighter, you know, his, his feet are blistered. He, yeah, as that's happening, they had a trip wire in the cave. 
this guy is guiding the master to the fighting area and they trip. I don't know what this does. They trip this cord and it blows up the cave, right? Yeah. But then they run back through the cave. Honestly, Michael, I think some editing was done. Question if a lot of editing was done. Yeah. I think it was just poorly made. Yeah. <laughs> because they do. They use the cave and I don't think anybody ever thought. And it seems like a lot of effort to go after the Thai boxer when the one on boxer was able to take out the yogi with no one's help. <laughs> I would be more afraid of the yogi guy. Yeah. He's got, he's got eight foot he's long arms, He's got plastic arms, man. man powers. It's crazy. The Yakuma, he's really good at jumping. The jumping technique because yeah. he jumps into the scene and he's basically, it's like, it's, it's kind of weird. He tells the one arm boxer, I saved Wu Xiao's life, so she's coming with me. And Wu Xiao says, you did save my life, but I'm not going with you. So, of course, they have to fight. The well marks a wind. Yeah. Here comes the master. Yeah. And this is where we find out the whole bamboo thing. He's set up like this small kind of bamboo forest with all these huge sticks of bamboo in the ground. And he goes and runs in there. Super smart. No. Because, you know, the master is just throwing his guillotine left and right. He's like, bah! Yeah. And it's pissing him off because he's not, he's not getting anywhere. Because he's hitting the bamboo. And then the bamboo so tough, it ends up taking the blades off the inside of the hat. That's an important note, but it's just on the outside. So then this is where the boxer, he runs through the cave. The cave they blew up. I know. He runs right through it. He ends up in this, like, pet back store. In this, back in the small town of all those people he got into in that previous scene where he was, like, the day of shopping. So the blacksmith, the bird store, the coffin store. They're fighting there in a bird shop. Kind of smart because the blind master relies on his hearing. And he's just like throw, still throwing his guillotine around because it has the blades on the outside. They end up going through a wall into the into the, uh, the coffin shop, and this is where we find out what he was getting at the at the blacksmiths. It's like stuff that throws hatchets. <laughs> like, did they not have arrows? Is this like pre arrow? Because the hatchet thing was kind of kind of blew me away. I just went, wow, really? The hatchets that. Arrows would be much more effective, yeah. but they're fighting left and right. And it's like the master takes a couple hatchets to the chest, which is <laughs> awesome. I'd take one and I'd be done. They're going back and forth. He ends up breaking the flying guillotine. And that's it's, when it has to go hand in hand. It's just mano y mano now. Oh, I forgot. He did because, and I wrote this down. Um, you can't have a guy walking up walls and across the ceiling in the first act for and then, fun and not have him use it in the big fight scene. Exactly. exactly what Ray, I think that's a direct quote from Raymond Chandler. It is. <laughs> it is. Between drinks. Is. Because when, when the master is in, this, in the coffin shop, of course, you can't see. The one-armed boxer is on the ceiling, and he's just throwing, I don't know, whatever. He's throwing things around, letting, you know, and the master would be, ah, he's going to throw my flying guillotine at all these sounds. So that was the payoff. That was the big payoff for walking on the ceiling. He hits the master so hard. The master, it's a cartoon. It flies out of the, he flies out of the ceiling and lands dead in a coffin. You know, fitting because the master, to begin his journey, he jumped through his own roof and then blew his home up. Oh, this is clearly a bookend. I'm clearly the, clearly the director. (laughs) The circle. said, like, this is how we have to end it. The circle is complete. And that's it. I mean, that's that's the end of the movie. The one-armed boxer just kind of walks off. Yeah. That's like the end of the movie. (laughs) Everybody in the village is just kind of like, yeah, another, this Tuesday night. Tuesday night in the village, I guess. Do you recommend this movie? I'm getting mixed vibes from you. I, no, I, I, first of all, I thoroughly enjoyed it. This movie is so crazy and weird. Okay. The soundtrack 
adds to it. The strange dubbing versus subtitles. It's just this mishmash where I'm like, man, this movie is... It's just crazy on so many levels. I, I would like to see this movie like on a DVD, like like yeah. the official, to see or like it, it would be great if somebody like was playing it as a midnight movie. Exactly. If, if I ever see it as a midnight movie in our area, we're going. Yeah. No, be, it's, because I'm not sure we did. We watched it on YouTube, yeah. and I think it was you know pretty accurate. But I just you know I don't know. So yeah. Yeah. No, I would. I recommend it because it is so different and so strange. And I started looking at, like, when did kung fu and karate make its way slowly into American cinema that we watch? I mean, it's 70s. Yeah, the 70s. It, it's, but to, I, it's totally the I, 70s. I did find that old movie, um, Bad Day at Black Rock, 1955, I, with Spencer Tracy, who is a one-armed man who shows up to town, and I mean, he knows karate. He's a, yeah, I mean, an outlier. I mean, it was the 70s. Yeah. It, it was Bruce Lee. I mean, yeah, I mean what, what people people who are way into it could probably come at me with, like, other things. Yeah. We're being honest. It's Bruce Lee because that's, that's the one we all watch. Yeah. So, yes, is that a yes? Yeah, or? it's uh, it's definitely a yes. Be prepared for something really. This is a weird movie. What about you? This was the first time you had seen it, too. Oh, absolutely. No, I, I would. It's fun. It's silly. If, if you're into those 70s kung fu movies and you haven't seen this, Absolutely, you got to watch this. It is, it's back crack crazy. It it's is silly. It's a drinking game movie. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like you're not, you're not settling in to go really want to dissect yeah. the movie. Like, this what is, does this movie mean? Is this yeah. asking a question about life and what I should be pursuing? Yeah, well, this isn't Bergman territory. <laughs> you know, this is just maybe drink beer. <laughs> I mean, I. And, and watch this. It, it, it is. It's it's good fun. It's in the flying guillotine. It's just a weird, weird weapon. I know. <laughs> so thank God somebody thought of it. You know, it's like, <laughs> makes sense. You know, you don't you don't want to get all these people and like have to bring them to the guillotine. You just walk around throwing this hat at them. And if, and if you have not seen that MythBusters episode, you should watch it. The this beer. the Valkyrie from Integrin is amazing. Can the branding is great. The beer is fantastic. This this amber is so good. Thank you, Integrin. We always hope that we you know we we do you justice as far as pairing your beer. Yeah, I think this movie. worked. Yeah, it worked. I mean, it's it's a great beer, and it is. It's a cool brewery. Everything I've had from them has been so good. They're great at their craft. Kind of like Jimmy Wang Yu. Kind of like the master with the flying guillotine. <laughs> yeah, his craft. exactly. <laughs> so you know, hey, by the way, you know, please like, subscribe comment wherever you listen (laughs) and follow us on instagram facebook and twitter and check out our website this is gary b movies i'm jason and i'm michael